Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Canto 4, Part 1, Chapter 8, Rupa Maharaj Leaves Home, Text 55 is the text for today. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 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 So we'll begin with the word for word Shalilai by the use of water. By the use of water. Shuchi bihi. Shuchi bihi. Being purified. Being purified. Malyai. Malyai. By the garlands. By the garlands. Vanyai. Vanyai. Of forest flowers. Of forest flowers. Mula. Mula. Roots. 
Fala adibihi. Fala adibihi. By different kinds of vegetables and fruits. By different kinds of vegetables and fruits. Shasta. Shasta. The newly grown grass. The newly grown grass. Ankura. Ankura. Buds. Buds. Amshukai. Amshukai. By the skin of the tree, such as the burja. By the skin of the tree, such as the burja. Cha. Cha. And. And. Archet. Archet. Should worship. Should worship. Should worship. Ulasya. Ulasya. By the tulsi leaves. By the tulsi leaves. Priyaya. Priyaya. Which are very dear to the Lord. Which are very dear to the Lord. Prabhum. Prabhum. The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. Now we will chant the Sanskrit. Sorry about that. For some reason, it muted me, so I just unmuted. Shalilai suchi bir maliair. Shalilai suchi bir maliair. Vanyair mula paladi bihi. Vanyair mula paladi bihi. Kastan kuram shukais charchet. Kastan kuram shukais charchet. Tulasya priya prabhum. Tulasya priya prabhum. Shalilai shuchibir maliair. Shalilai shuchibir maliair. Vanyair mula faladi bihi. Vanyair mula faladi bihi. Uh, we cannot hear you, Prabhu. It looks like it froze. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Technology. Okay, let's see. You want to just go through my phone? Was we're using the iPad? My my Air Mac MacBook Air, but I'll just connect uh, via my phone here. Okay. You'll just lean it up against your screen there. Yeah, exactly. So okay. Temporary intermission. Antayama Dirivala Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.
हरे कृष्णा Oh, just uh, you just need to unmute, I think. Shalilai Shuchibir Maliai Shalilai Shuchibir Maliai Vaniyai Mula Faladi Bihi Vaniyai Mula Faladi Bihi Shastan Kuram Shukai's Charchet Okay, so I'll now speak the translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. Jai Prabhupada. Translation. One should worship the Lord by offering pure water, pure flour, garlands, fruits, flowers, and vegetables, which are available in the forest, or by collecting newly grown grasses, small buds of flowers, or even the skins of trees, and if possible, by offering tulsi leaves, which are very dear to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Purport. It is specifically mentioned herein that tulsi leaves are very dear to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And devotees should take particular care to have tulsi leaves in every temple and center of worship. In the Western countries, while engaged in propagating the Krishna consciousness movement, we were brought great unhappiness because we could not find tulsi leaves. We are very much obliged, therefore, to our disciple, Srimati Govinda Dasi, because she has taken much care to grow tulsi plants from seeds, and she has been successful by the grace of Krishna. Now Tulsi plants are growing in almost every center of our movement. Tulsi leaves are very important in the method of worshiping the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In this verse, the word Shalilai means by the water. Of course, Yuru Maharaj was worshiping on the bank of the Jamuna. The Jamuna and the Ganges are sacred. And sometimes devotees in India insists that the deity must be worshipped with the water of the Ganges or Jamuna. But here we understand Desha and Kala to mean according to time and country. In the Western countries, there is no river Jamuna or Ganges. Water from such sacred rivers is not available. Does this mean that the Archa worship, uh, does this mean that the Archa worship should for that reason be stopped? No, Shalilai refers to any water, whatever is available, but it must be very clear and collected purely. The water can be used, that water can be used. The other paraphernalia, such as flower garlands, fruits and vegetables should be collected according to the country and according to their availability. Tulsi leaves are very important for satisfying the Lord. So as far as possible, an arrangement should be made for growing Tulsi leaves. Dura Maharaj was advised to worship the Lord with the fruits and flowers available in the forest. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna frankly says that he accepts vegetables, fruits, flowers, etc. One should not offer Lord Vasudeva anything other than what is prescribed herein by the great authority Narag Muni. One cannot offer to the deity according to one's whims, since these fruits and vegetables are available anywhere in the universe 
we should observe the small point very attentively. The translation once again, one should worship the Lord by offering pure water, pure flower garlands, fruits, flowers, and vegetables, which are available in the forest, or by collecting newly grown grasses, small buds of flowers, or even the skins of trees, and if possible, by offering tulsi leaves, which are very dear to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Om Ajnanati Mirandasya Gyananjana Shlakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Guruve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Vishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Namaham Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Srimate Giriraja Swamini Pinamine Namaham Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamini Pinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashrata Deshatarine, Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadar Shivasadi Guru Bhaktarinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Vancha Kalpaturubhyasya, Kripa Sindhube, Vacha Padipanam Pavane, Bio Vaishnave, Bio Namonamaha. So before I begin, I'd like to humbly entreat and beg the blessings of Shishi Radha Govinda, Shishi Jagannath Balev Subhadra Maharani, Shishi Gornitai, Srila Prabhupada, uh, my Gurudev, and all the predecessor Acharyas, and all the assembled Vaishnavas here, that I may speak something on this beautiful verse uh, describing uh, Archa, or describing the worship of the deity. Um, so please give me your blessings so I may speak something. So here we have uh, a continuation of Sri Naraji's instructions to Dhruva Maharaj in the process, uh, the devotional process, specifically uh, the process, um, the path, uh, which is known as Abhidheya. Abhidheya means uh, the, the means or the path of achieving the ultimate goal in sadhana bhakti or devotional service and practice. So here Narad Muni is describing in very explicit detail what should be done. And this, uh, he began in text 42 of this chapter in describing Abhidheya or the means. And from text 42 to 44, he denotes the importance of the holy place, the dham, um, the importance of following regulative principles in bhakti, in this case, Ashtanga yoga, because at that time, it was possible for uh, the spiritual aspirant to perform the rigid discipline of Ashtanga Yoga, and ultimately uh, in self-purification to relieve oneself of material contamination, both external by bathing in the holy river three times a day, and internal by controlling the life air, the mind, and the senses by breathing uh, to come to the point of Pratyahar, where one's senses become detached from the sense objects. And the whole process is to develop purity to become materially uncontam uncontaminated. Then from text 45 to 52, Shinaraji uh, gives a very vivid and beautiful description of the form of the Lord, knowing which uh, the soul can surrender voluntarily. It is very hard to surrender to anybody 
And even if we do surrender in the material world, it's usually with some ulterior motive, Srila Prabhupada says. But upon learning about the Lord's beautiful form, upon seeing the Lord's beautiful form, one can, one is naturally inclined to surrender because the Lord's form is all attractive. And that is a predominant feature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is actually the meaning of the word Krishna, one who is all attractive. And from text 53 to 56, which brings us we're on text 55, but these three verses or four verses uh, describe the initiation into the chanting of the 12 syllable mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. And worship of the Lord's uh, form following the rules of Pancharatrika. Pancharatrika Vidhi and Bhagavat Vidhi are two paths or two margas. And they're parallel, they're like parallel tracks. Pancharatrika Vidhi is the worship of the deity focuses on the worship of the deity and Bhagavad Vidhi focuses on the preaching work. So they go both go hand in hand. And when Srila Prabhupada uh, instituted ISKCON and taught his disciples, and even in the books, he describes that these two things should be done simultaneously. So Naraji is actually uh, describing the detailed principles of Pancharatrika Vidhi or the rules pertaining to worship of the deity. And why is that? Well, Naraji is a very special person. Not only is he uh, uh, qualified as a foremost preacher, um, as uh, one who travels throughout the universe, uh, delivering the message, delivering the conditioned souls uh, into devotional service, but he's actually also the compiler of the Narada Pancharatrika, which is a um, book that describes um, the rules and regulations in worship of the deity. So this befits his position as one of the 12 Mahajans or great authorities or personalities in the devotional line. So in this particular verse, Naraji is giving a specific indication of how to worship the deity. So he, he gives explicit points. He says, there should be pure water, there should be pure flower garlands. So the common word in both of those things is pure. Purity uh, is the key element. Everything that is done for the deity should be done in a state of cleanliness and purity. Uh, then Krishna accepts those things. And as we know, uh, fruits, flowers, and vegetables are the three items described in the verse. But especially given Dhruva Maharaj's specific circumstance of being in the forest of Madhuvan, uh, he also mentions grasses, flower buds, tree skin or bark available in the forest. So we can see that Naraji also is applying uh, this point of Desha, Kala and Patra, time, place and circumstance. And Shri Prabhupada references this in the purport that one should, be, one should use what is available in a specific region, you know, what is easily available. Fruits and flowers are available all throughout the universe. And those can, whatever is available in the specific locale uh, where one is located and where the deity is located, one can use that to worship the Supreme Lord. And finally, he describes uh, a specific key point, a key element of worship, which is the tulsi leaf. And the word, the Sanskrit that's used to describe the, tul, the position of tulsi is tulsi priyaya. Priyaya, priya means deer. Priya means very dear to that person, to who? To Prabhum, to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So when I reviewed this verse and uh, reflected on it, 
you know, it really, what, what spoke to me is that devotional service is a very personal process. Um, bhakti is our devotion, uh, our service, transcendental service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We are approaching the Supreme Person. Our, our aim is to please the Lord, uh, the Supreme Person. And not that we do it with any motive, but by pleasing the Lord, we automatically obtain his grace. And one has to understand how to please somebody, uh, especially the Supreme Lord, by following spiritual authority. And there's three divisions. There's sadhu, shastra, and guru. And the guru must be in the parampara tradition. So Naraji's instruction echoes Krishna's very own statement in the Bhagavad Gita. Um, and that particular statement is referenced in the purport. Krishna says in chapter 9, Patram pushpam phalam toyam yome bhaktiya prayachati tadaham bhakti upahartam ashnami prayatatmana. He says, if one offers me with, and here's the key point, love and devotion, a leaf, a flower, a fruit, or water, I will accept it. So one should take this to heart. You know, if, if you have affection for somebody or if you're trying to develop affection for somebody and you want to serve him or her, uh, and the, that specific person gives you an indication how that can be done, one should try to follow. It's very simple. So the key ingredient here is not the leaf, the, the flower, the fruit, or the water. The key ingredient is love and devotion. In fact, the word bhakta or bhaktiya is used twice in this particular uh, Sanskrit verse that Krishna is saying. Uh, the feeling, the emotion, the consciousness in the offering is what Krishna is accepting. He's bhava grahi. Graha means to take. Bhava means the feeling, the emotion. So in fact, Srila Prabhupada uh, clarifies this point in the purport. He says, he, Krishna, is not in need of anything from anybody. He's self-sufficient. And yet he accepts the offering of his devotee in an exchange of love and affection. Without the basic principle of bhakti, nothing can induce the Lord to agree to accept anything from anyone. So what qualification do we have to approach the Supreme Personality of Godhead? We are so infinitesimally small and he is so big, he's so great. It's only his love, our love and devotion that is attracting him that he will accept. Um, because he doesn't need anything. His energies are supplying everything. He is Atmaram, he's self-sufficient. So given this verse, it says Tulasi Priya. So the point that Naraji is making is that the Tulsi leaves are very, very dear to the Lord. And all of the Acharyas in our line have also stressed uh, the worship of Tulsi and uh, the use of Tulsi leaves in worshiping Vishnu or Krishna. In fact, the preeminent sadhu that we know and the Shiksha Guru for the entire world, Srila Prabhupada, also stressed Tulsi worship. He wrote many, many letters to his disciples, uh, instructing them how to cultivate and tend to Tulsi. And in the purport itself, he describes how uh, he was quite, uh, um, he says that he was um, unhappy. Great unhappiness is the words used. He was unhappy that Tulsi was not readily available. Uh, and he, and he actually expresses immense gratitude to his disciple Govinda Das, who is actually now immortalized in the pages of the Bhagavatam for taking the seeds of Tulsi and successfully growing them. 
and he he said that she was she was blessed that her devotion was was uh, evident by the fact that Tulsi was growing very luxuriantly uh, in her care. Srila Prabhupada says in a letter also, and I, I did some research, that Tulsi plants are liberated souls who want to serve Krishna in that way. That was a letter to Ekayani in uh, August 31st, 1971. And specifically, he states in worshiping the deity in the temple that one should place the Tulsi leaves mixed with sandalwood at Krishna's lotus feet. This is what he said to Bhavananda in January 21st, 1971 as well. So Tulsi is the key ingredient in worshiping the Lord. It's very dear to the Lord. So uh, in the um, Hari Bhakti Vilas, there is a verse and it reads, Tulsi Dalamatrena Jalasya Chulukenava Vinkrinite Swam Atmanam Bhaktebhyo Bhaktavatsala. Shri Krishna, who is very affectionate towards his devotees, sells himself to a devotee who offers merely a tulsi leaf and a palm full of water. So Krishna is so affectionate and so kind to his devotee. Uh, it's the love that is attracting him. And he is willing to accept something so simple as just a palm full of water and a tulsi leaf. And this worship of tulsi follows under uh, the, the devotional process of Padasevanam. So Srila Prabhupada says one should apply tulsi leaves to the lotus feet of Krishna. Uh, and Padasevanam means to serve the lotus feet. So worship of Tulsi Devi, the uh, devotee, the energy of Krishna, uh, follows under Padasevanam. And there is, uh, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 5, there is a very nice purport that describes how. Uh, Worship of Tulsi uh, is a form of Padasevanam and how Tulsi is Tadiya. So I'll read this. According to one's taste and strength, hearing, chanting, and remembrance may be followed by Padasevanam. One obtains perfection of remembering when one constantly thinks of the lotus feet of the Lord. Being intensely attached to the thinking of the lotus feet is called Padasevanam. When one is particularly adherent to the process of Padasevanam, this process gradually includes other processes, such as seeing the form of the Lord, touching the form of the Lord, circumambulating the form of the Lord uh, or the temple of the Lord, visiting such places such as Jagannath Puri, Dwarka and Mathura to see the Lord's form and bathing in the Ganges or Jamuna. Bathing in the Ganges and serving a pure Vaishnava are also known as Tadiya Upasanam. This is also Padasevanam. The word Tadiya means in relationship with the Lord. So anything, any paraphernalia, anything that is used in the worship of Krishna personally and uh, is known as Tadiya. Service to the Vaishnav, Tulsi, Ganges, and Jamuna are included in Padasevanam. All these processes of Padasevanam help one to advance in spiritual life very quickly. And furthermore, in the Madhya Lila of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, this concept of Tadiya is further described. Tadiya means the Tulsi leaves, the devotees of Lord Krishna, the birthplace of Krishna, uh, Mathura, and the Vedic literature, the Srimad Bhagavatam. 
Krishna is very eager to see his devotees serve these specific items. And the reason for that is by service to Tulsi and these other items that were mentioned, one can advance very quickly on the devotional path. So when we look at our Shastra, our canon, there's many, many examples of uh, Tulsi worship by incarnations of the Lord himself, by great devotees, uh, and even by personalities who were not uh, solely subscribed to the bhakti path, who, but who by came, becoming in contact with Tulsi or the aroma of the Tulsi became pure devotees. So I'd like to describe three of them. The first is Sri Advaita Charya, who is non-different than Mahavishnu and has special importance in our Gaudiya tradition because it, it, it was his earnest prayer to Krishna that caused Krishna to, to come to the material world to distribute uh, the Sankirtan movement. Um, it was because of his prayer that, that Krishna descended as Chaitanya, uh, the external reason. So Sri Advaitacharya was a contemporary of Jagannath Mishra who was the father of Lord Chaitanya. And he was feeling very sorry for the world, uh, for the condition in, in the world, because no one had in, any interest in devotional uh, service to Krishna. Even though Krishna had come, he had spoken the Gita, uh, the full impact, you know, the desired impact had not been met. Uh, so Advaita Acharya felt that no one but Lord Krishna um, himself could enlighten people and awaken them to bhakti. So, he requested Krishna to appear as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And how did he do that? On the bank of the Ganges daily, he would worship Shalagram Shila with Tulsi and Ganges water. And because of his earnest prayer, because of his crying out, Lord Krishna came as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And you can, as, as the saying goes, the rest is history. The second example is of Haridas Thakur and the prostitute. So Sri Haridas Thakur would chant three lakhs of names daily uh, in front of Tulsi. And Ramachandra Khan, who was quite envious of the Thakur, uh, engineered a plot to try to um, derail him, to derail the Thakur. He sent a prostitute who was none other than Maya Devi uh, to tempt the Thakur. But because the Thakur was completely absorbed in chanting the holy names, he was unfazed. Uh, he was unfazed by her advances. And he said, I have to chant my rounds. You know, why don't you sit here? And after I finish my daily rounds, then, then I'll satisfy your desire. And this happened for three days. And by the end of the third day, the prostitute realized that uh, it wasn't going to work out. That that you know, this is a great personality and, and, and her heart changed and she immediately surrendered to the Thakur. And the Thakur instructed her to distribute her possessions to the Brahmins, to chant Hare Krishna, three lakhs names daily, and render service to Tulsi plant by watering her and offering prayers to her. And so by doing this, it's said in the CC that she conquered her senses. And once she became above sense desire, love of God appeared in her person and she became ultimately a celebrated and advanced devotee, so much so that other stalwart devotees would come and visit her. 
And the final example is the one of the four Kumaras. So the four Kumaras are great sages, sons of Lord Brahma, who had refused Lord Brahma's desire to uh, propagate or to uh, make progeny in the world. And they had immediately taken to the spiritual path, but they had been uh, very much inclined towards the Brahman conception or the impersonal conception, uh, the, the sense that, uh, that, that the all-pervasive spirit is the, is the reality uh, or that feature is what attracted them. And upon seeing the Lord's personal form, you know, there was a breeze that carried the aroma of the Tulsi leaves uh, and the saffron from the personality of Godhead and that entered through their nostrils and into their hearts. And when, they, when that happened, they experienced a change in body and mind and they became attached to the personal conception of divinity. So Srila Prabhupada repeatedly states throughout you know, our canon that by chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra and by worshiping Tulsi Devi, one can become sufficiently purified and ultimately able to surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, which is what we are all aiming to do on the bhakti path. Tulsi Devi is very merciful. She's also known as Rinda Devi. And she is the one who coordinates the loving pastimes of the divine couple in the groves of Rindavan. By her mercy, we can be granted entrance into that realm. And in fact, we chant this every day. We, we chant the Tulsi prayers and we also recite the English translation. We say, whoever takes shelter of you, Tulsi Maharani, has his wishes fulfilled. Bestowing your mercy upon him, you make him a resident of Rindavan. So I'd like to stop there if there's any comments or questions, critiques, then uh, please, you may do so at this time. Nitai Das Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Uh, I have a question, but if a senior devotee wants to go first, I can wait. Okay. Should I go? Please. Okay, so um please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your wonderful class. And my question is related to the following passage that I find in the purport. And I quote, it is uh, specifically mentioned, it is the first uh, sentence um, of the purport. Quote, it is specifically mentioned herein that Tulasi leaves are very dear to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And devotees should take particular care to have Tulasi leaves in every temple and center of worship." Um, uh, end quote. So uh, uh, I need to present to you a, a brief introduction to my question before I ask my question. And 
It is as follows. Um, uh, yesterday, in a interfaith meeting with the Portuguese Baha'is, the local community, Baha'i community, uh, for the first time, the, the organizer of the Zoom meeting, he asked me about the meaning of the marks on, of the white marks on my forehead and on my nose. And then the answer I gave to him, it was um, the, the mark on my, the marks on my forehead are the feet of, of God. And uh, the mark on my nose is the, is a, is, is the, is a, a lip um related to a a sacred uh bush a a, a sacred uh, a little tree uh, and uh, the name of this tree is tumasi and um, um that uh, he was pleased with, with my answer and then i was reflecting upon the answer i gave to him and because of reflecting on the answer, the following came to my mind. Um, what, if he, what if he would be there asking me uh, uh, for the reason why, and I, I even told him while answering his question that uh, uh, Tulasi has a, a female form in the spiritual world and she, she is a very um, important servant of the Lord because like you just said, she organizes in relation to the pastimes of the Lord with uh, Shrimat Radharani and the other devotees. So I was reflecting and then I said to myself, what if he asks me, what is the reason for uh, Tulasi, who, who has a female form in the spiritual world, being here as, as a bush, as a sacred bush to be worshipped. Why is it that she is not personally here to be worshipped in, in, in the temples? Uh, what, would, what would be your answer to this question? Well, you know, Srila Prabhupada answers this question in a letter to Ekayani that I referenced. And he says that she, she takes on this form uh, with a specific purpose of worshiping the Lord in that way. So, you know, it, it's, it, they're, they're souls that want to worship the Lord in this, in this form as, as a tree or as a bush, you can say, and the leaves are being uh, put on Krishna's feet. It's, it's not a small thing. Um, so uh, it, it's, a specific, it's a specific relationship that Tulsi is taking on this form as a plant and that she, that her leaves are being used uh, not only to be placed on Krishna's feet, but even in the boga that is prepared and offered to, without Tulsi, Krishna doesn't accept. So this Tulsi, Tulsi Devi is so, so, uh, um, it, it's such an intimate relationship, so special that Krishna will not accept any offering uh, without Tulsi. He, she's placed on his feet, she's placed in the food. Um, so that, that, that's what comes to mind. Um, yeah. Actually in Vrindavan, um, there, you know, there is a, uh, a deity of Rinda. Um, 
just as we have deities of Srimati Radharani, uh, there is a deity of Vrinda that is a personal deity. And, and but she takes this form as vegetation uh, simply to facilitate uh, the loving pastimes of Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan, the forest of Vrindavan. But also um, one can say that all temples are holy places, but also here, you know, she takes this form and her uh, body, her leaves are being used uh, in the worship. And, and Prabhu, if I, if I may very quickly, are you telling me with your answer that in the spiritual world, when food is being offered to Radha and Krishna, uh, Tulasi leaves are there present on, on, on the preparations? Well, I can't, I, I can't tell you about the spiritual world because I'm not there, but I can tell you about here what, what's happening and what Srila Prabhupada instructed us to do. Uh, thank you, Prabhu, for your wonderful uh, answer. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you, uh, <coughs> Nitai Prabhu. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. I, I, was, I was thinking how Prabhupada mentioned Govinda Dasi, and I just wanted to express my gratitude for uh, Mother, Par <coughs> Mother Parmishri for years and years of um, dedication and taking care of Tulsi and not easy in the winter and um, for all the sepakas, Sri Rag building the greenhouse, Krishna Sharna going daily to open the windows and and also um, and you were mentioning some nice Shastrik references. I'm not sure if you mentioned third canto in the description of Vaikuntha. Um, it's not relating so much to a devotee but it's ex expressing the opulence of all the flowers in Vaikuntha, the Champaka and the lotus and all these beautiful flowers um malika and then it says at the end that they all bow to tulsi yes yes do you remember that verse i do i do i don't yeah. i don't have it memorized but i do remember reading that reference during uh, yeah so that preparation for class that all of them recognize the greatness of Srimati tulsi maharani and they bow before her feet yeah and then another thing too i don't you know i don't have well, we know that uh, Tulsi is um, Krishna's pure devotee. And so by association with a pure devotee, it's good for us. And I always experience um, when I'm kind of dealing with some anxiety and my mind is racing and yeah, there's this, you know, sense of like nervousness or whatever. I just come in front of Tulsi or, you know, she's on the altar too, but um, just come in front of Tulsi and um, just feel a lot of solace, just a very motherly comforting protection being in her association and of course you know she is a personality and so we're in association with a pure devotee so just we're so we're so fortunate and you were referring to the morning prayer as well and when you mentioned that I was just appreciating that 45 minutes Prabhupada gave such a condensed profound experience from 4 30 to 5 15 prayers to the spiritual master and then you know Panchatava Mahamantra and then prayers of protection from the Sringadev, very powerful connection with the Sringadev, and then closing with a very Rasika intimate prayer uh, to Tulsi Devi. And um, just, you know, you're referencing that prayer and just how Prabhupada gave that 45 minutes, such a, it's, it's um, yeah, it's just like a powerful capsule, <laughs> spiritual tonic. So yeah, thank you for the class and presentation. Just a few reflections. Thank you very much, Prabhuji. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Hare Krishna, Matsa, humble basis.
No basement foods. Thank you for a nice class. Um, so uh, can you uh, help us to um, meditate on how worshiping can be done uh, less mechanically and less ritualistically, mm. you know, so that we, uh, you know, can be more pleasing in the worship? Sure. Thank you. So, uh, you know, if we do things uh, mechanically, that means that we're doing them, uh, well, we may know, but really we haven't really internalized, uh, you know, what it is that we are doing and what it means. So by studying the Shastra, um, by being attentive in our particular worship, then um, we, and understanding what it is that we're doing, uh, it takes away the mechanical aspect. Um, then one understands that one is actually indeed uh, worshiping uh, the Supreme Personality of Godhead you know, on the altar. It's said that one who considers uh, the deity on the altar to be simply stone is, is no better than an atheist, a pashandi. So if one understands that one is worshiping the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that, that Krishna and his consort Radharani are are personally present here, then Tao change that, that revolutionizes one's consciousness. Then one thinks you know, about the details in the offering. Uh, one is very cognizant and careful of how uh, one is uh, presenting themselves to the deity uh, you know, from, from the point of self-purification and cleanliness to the point of preparing whatever the bhoga may be or preparing the plate. Uh, to the point of offering, physically offering that plate to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And not only with Krishna and Srimati Radharani, but also when one is worshiping Srimati Tulsi Maharani, if one understands her special position, then it really changes the way uh, we go about our practice. And we can go deeper by doing that. Thank you, Prabhu. That's very nice. Um, I, I just wanted to share a reflection that I find it so fascinating that there's all these sort of uh, preferences that Krishna has mm. and and they're in they are most of them are in regards to relationships. Like he has a relationship with Vrinda Devi or Tulsi Devi. And, you know, there's this, all these pastimes of how he marries her and in this, in this realm, Shalagram and Tulsi. Mm -hmm. and, and how like all, and all of these preferences are sort of, you know, um, intertwined with his pastimes and interactions he has with his, his pure advanced, you know, his pure, his uh, companions, and how we are, we are sort of um, instructed through this chain of disciplic succession to the acharyas. We're instructed specifically in this in this way to um, understand his preferences if we want to please him. Mm -hmm. So just, just I just find it fascinating that it's so personal, and like to the point where. It's so personal to the point where 
uh, he has these like specific preferences based on his love for Tulsi Davy and his love for you know this devotee and that devotee, you know his peacock feather that he has is is because of an exchange he had uh, with his peacock devotee and mm -hmm. that. Yeah, Krishna is really the zenith of personality. Everything about him, you know, all the devotees, all the items of paraphernalia, everything is personal. It's everything is full of consciousness. So it's, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, we don't have that experience in the material world, but when we just think of what the spiritual world is like, it's, it's really, it, it kind of blows your mind, you know? Yeah, and it makes me think too, like, well, just like sometimes we, you know, we have a, a preference that's based on, oh, because this person, like, whatever, like taught me this, or this person gave me this dish or something, or gave me this article of clothing. So I, you know, it's like, yeah, we, we can experience a similar person, personhood. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the material world, you know, it, I guess, you know, the, the things that matter, you know, ultimately what, what gives us the most satisfaction is, is, is a personal relationship, you know, and, and even if it's material objects that are, uh, it, it's not so much the material object, but it's the meaning behind it, you know, who gave it to you, you know, what they, what that means to you, the sentiment that one holds dear. So it, it's a little bit, little bit of a glimpse, you know, and the reason uh, there is that, that connection is because, you know, we're, we're interacting with, with another soul. That's a part and parcel of Krishna. Ultimately. Jai. Thank you. Well, I'll just add one more thing that it said that I, I read that, and this is a while ago, so I don't know where it's from. Radharani's her the, her black and her the black of her uh, eyeliner or surma is is because of looking at at Krishna. Mm -hmm. You know, so even like in the spiritual realm, things are all manifested out of out of this out of all their relationships. So mm -hmm. just her looking at Krishna that makes her. Mm. around her eyes black mm. and everything that manifests that way is actually ultimately meant to please krishna you know, that he's he's pleased by by a specific devotee's mood uh you know by a physical manifestation it's all meant to give him pleasure Uh, 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 if I may, Nitai Das. Yes, please. Uh, um, just because what you presented to us right now, can you hear me, Brinda? I think yes, she I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, because of your uh, contribution you gave right now, I asked Nitai Das Prabhu if there are Tulasi leaves on the preparations in the spiritual world when when Krishna is being offered food. Do you have the answer to this question? No, I don't. I'm not that well studied in 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 some of the um, Shastras that 
well, that the acharyas write about these such things, and I, I'm not so well read in all the acharyas books on these topics, but there's probably a devotee that senior devotee that might know, and I could ask around. But do you do you do you have any guess in relation to this? Is it logical to to imagine that on the preparations in the spiritual world there are tulati leaves, or is it a, a nonsense? No, I think it's logical to believe that there are. Oh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Hare Krishna. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody else, or shall we finish our conversation at this point? Okay. Grantara Chimad Bhagavatam Ki. Iskand Denver, Kijai, wonderful session. Haribo. Haribo. Whoa.